G'day and welcome to another Blue Black Podcast. We are joined today by Mr. Dunnett. Uh, I am Ezekiel and this is Caden. Uh, how are you, sir? How well, I'm very well, thank you. And it's a pleasure to be here. Really good. Yeah, yeah cool. Looking forward first, to it. First podcast. I ask everyone whether this is their first podcast. No, I actually do these all the time. So, um, yeah, a bit of a professional at this, actually. All right. So it should be should No, be I'm just having you on, actually. Yes, it's the first one here. Yeah. yeah. So okay. looking okay. forward to it. Right. Um, obviously, you are in charge of the construction at the school. Um, and we have two new blocks being constructed as we speak, the Caddick and the Corbel blocks. Can you give us a bit of information about those two blocks? Yeah, so it's a really exciting time for the school in regards to those two new blocks, Caddick and Corbel, that you mentioned. Um, it's been a long time coming. It's been over 10 years since the earthquakes. And as a school, I guess the main thing is we've been striving to deliver quality education during that time. Um, and... Yeah, the process has been a long process. Obviously, we built the hall a few years ago now, and that's been a real success at the school, bringing the, the school together, the heart of the school. Um, sometimes refer to that as the headmaster's classroom. So having the Caddick block and the Caudal block come on stream shortly, um, it's going to be really exciting for the teachers, the students, and just to, to bring everyone back into that centralised area. We're also going to have the library back in there. Right. Um, so, yeah, quite an exciting time for the whole school community. So what, what benefits do you think... Uh, that will be added uh, to the school that we don't have now? What, what do you think these new blocks will bring? So we're very fortunate that in the Caddick block, we've got 18 specialist classrooms in there, um, social sciences, music, English, and a new library down the bottom, and we have a specialist 12 science classroom called mm. the Cordwell block. Um, so yeah, at the moment, you know, lots of things are spread out with the rebuild that's happening at the school, so we're going to have it centralised into one area, um, as students, when you go in there, you're going to be amazed by what you see. Um, Dominic was lucky enough to come in today and have a bit of a tour with me to get some photos and just to see his response, his mouth was wide open probably for about 20 minutes as he wandered through there and it, it really is good um, and I don't think people appreciate actually how good it's going to be. So looking forward to that. Next year, um, start of term one, we'll have the CADIC fully operational and the start of term two will be the Cordial Science block. So it's going to be good. So when were the plans for these blocks first drafted? When did you come up with the um, idea? We've been working on this behind the scenes with the architects, Athfield Architects, um, probably now on Caddick and Corbel for about three years. Mm. Um, and what you see in terms of construction is probably only a third of, of the work that goes into it. There's a massive team with the ministry, um, quantity surveyors, South Base who are building the building, all working together to come up with this fantastic facility for the school that's going to survive for the next 50 to 100 years and provide the opportunity for some quality education. It's going to be fantastic. Right. And uh, what uh, were your main purposes in building these new blocks? Because uh, we're obviously we have quite a few classrooms and quite a few areas where we learn now. What, what were not satisfactory about those classrooms that made you uh, think we need to have more, more of these classrooms? So what the ministry does is the ministry looks at the buildings and especially after an event like the earthquake they say um, can we fix the existing building and make it good for the next 50 years mm. or is it more economically viable to um, demolish the building and build a new one. Right. So that exercise has happened with those two blocks. The Caddick block um, used to be the old mass block a bit before your time um, and so yeah that was the reason why that one was knocked down and is being replaced by a new Caddick block in the Cordwall obviously has come down and replacing that as well. So it's just um, the ministry maintaining their portfolio of buildings at the school um, and we have a master plan at the school for 67 teaching spaces so we have to wow. work towards that. Right. Yeah, and that, that's where we're going. So 
Um, we've done the hall uh, about three years ago. We've done the energy centre and behind that. Caddick and Corbell will follow, um, 30 classrooms there. We have a gym that's next on the cards after that, and then hopefully at the end we have an AstroTurf and some courts. At the same time as Caddick and Corbell that are going on now, we have what we call E2, um, which is a new tuck shop that will be online by the 1st of February next year. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, new cooking room in there, um, new cafe for the staff and students and the community. So, again, a, a busy time for the school and... As you would have noticed too, we have the bike stands, the complex that's just about to be completed so we can get students safely off the cycle paths and um, into a nice secure bike compound. Cool. So lots going on. So you just mentioned an energy sector, I believe, behind the hall. What is that? What's the purpose of that? So um, with every school, you need to obviously maintain a a good temperature in the classrooms. Yeah. So we um, had an old system here that was really, really old. It was like uh, hot water cylinders that we used to heat up during the evening um, when the power was cheap and then run them through the radiators the next day Mm. in the main building and a few of the other buildings. Not the most efficient system in the world that needed upgrading. So um, along with work from the architects and the project managers and the school, we decided to go with three gas-fired boilers. Um, and they're fantastic. So we've got a main gas line that comes off Kahu Road. Um, and, and I can control it all from a computer. I can control it from my phone. So if there's an event on, um, I can just turn them on, turn them off. It's really efficient. And so the use of that system is going through Caddick and Corbel as well. Uh, what were your roles in these new buildings coming up? So me personally, um, I started off here probably about 14 years ago actually as a phys ed and outdoor ed teacher. Um, moved into... Um, senior management through the pastoral care system and working with the deans and then um, sort of moved sideways into I have a real passion for building, uh, right. real passion for uh, making sure that the education that we get or the facilities we have here are, are top notch for the students and one of my goals when I first came here was to you know, contribute in any way that I could to make Christchurch boys turn it from a, a great school into an even, you know, an even better school so mm-hmm. um, that's been a real driver for me and I have a passion in the area of buildings and, and uh, making sure that what the students get is the best environment for them to learn. And so that's sort of the reason why I went into there. And I also like working with um, the students and the staff. So I still get that opportunity to do lots of coaching and, and stuff as well, which is great. So what's the experience of liaising with the sort of construction and architecture companies to sort of build a, a huge project like this? How does that work? Yeah, it's a, it's a big undertaking. There's a massive team in behind the scenes that make this work and um, the figures are quite mind-boggling at times in terms of what goes into to some of these projects. Um, I won't mention the amounts, but um, so we have a massive team that has to work together um, yeah. to make sure that the, the end outcome for the students is the best it can be. And we, you know, while from time to time there are disagreements, we're really, really fortunate that our working relationship with everyone from the project managers, RDT, um, through to the ministry, um, right through to everyone that's on the building um, work at the moment, we have a fantastic relationship and you'll see by the end result that that's what's happened. We've all worked really well together to make sure that the, the delivered product is the best it can be for the students. Yeah, it's, it's great. Cool. So you said you have a love for building. Uh, could you give us a bit of a, a time when that started to kick in and when you started to uh, oh, I've always building? been a practical person. So right. even even from a young age, I sort of my father was a, a fitter and turner, so I had a lot of tools in the shed. So I've always enjoyed making things. 
Um, and so, yeah, right through, even I remember back to my uh, sixth form, which was year 12 project, um, I made a trailer for that and, you know, that's still sort of going today. So um, I've really enjoyed making stuff all the way through and I have a real passion for buildings. So, um, and I do like that link between the school and the contractors and the architects and everyone that works on a project like this. It's a massive team and it's an important team that you get it right. Because um, if you get it wrong, the school stuck with it for the next 50 to 100 years and mm. we don't want to make that mistake. So we've been fortunate the team's fantastic and I, I hope the team stay on for the rest of the, the build of the main block which starts next year, right. which is exciting. So um, term two next year we're moving out of the main block so that can be fully refurbished. Cool. Yeah. And so why did you decide to stick your efforts and your knowledge around building uh, for the school? How come you haven't uh, thought about uh, taking your skills into a much larger scale? How come you're giving your skills to the school? It's a good question. Um, obviously, I started off as a teacher, yep. and I have a passion for working with students. I really do. Um, when I grew up, I grew up in Napier, um, and I grew up as a competitive swimmer. Um, started competitive swimming from a really young age. And I had a swimming coach, a guy, Bert Cottrell, who was really influential in my life. And he had good values. Uh, he was actually a teacher as well. And just the way that he worked with um, youngsters to get the best out of them had a massive impact on me. And so I, I always wanted to go into that coaching area or that teaching area somewhere along that line. So I originally wanted to be a swimming coach and then um, ended up going to Teachers College or sort of university first in Dunedin and then Teachers College in Christchurch. And... Um, just yeah, started teaching and loved working with students and, and trying to get the best out of them. And there was just an opportunity really came up here at the school for me to move sideways and still work with students. Um, I still really enjoy teaching and coaching students, but also do my other passion, which is working in that building sphere. So what are some of the obstacles you encountered um, while taking this project? Um, that's, that's a fantastic question, actually. We... Every school is going to want the best for their students, mm. no doubt. And yeah. um, we've been very passionate about that right from the word go. Uh, we want to make this place the best that we can. But sometimes there are limitations. You might have a certain square meterage that the school's allowed under the, the guidelines of the ministry based right. on the number of students you have here. Yeah. Um, so look, that's been a challenge. Um, finances are always a challenge to make sure that you get the best um, out of your bang for your buck, so to speak. So that's been a challenge. But just also the fact that we're working in a live environment here at school. We've still got 1,350 boys coming to school every day. Um, at the moment, we've got about 130 to 150 contractors on site building stuff at school. Mm. Um, and I'm quite proud, along with a number of other staff, that we can still deliver quality education to boys here at the school um, while all that's going on. Do you feel like the buildings that have been designed and are currently under construction uh, have been the best they could be. Is there anything that could have been different to make them better? Because obviously they're under construction now, so we won't really know until later on. But is there anything that, have, uh, that has striked you and said, uh, man, I think we could have uh, done a little, something a little bit better here? Or um, I guess that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, actually, is yeah. that I come to work every day with that genuine desire and genuine want to make sure there are no mistakes. Um, and I think at times the... Uh, the project managers and the architects and probably the builders on site have got a bit annoyed with me, right. double-checking, triple-checking to that everything's right. Um, I've been fortunate enough to go into some of the other schools that have had rebuilds and seen some of the mistakes that have been made, and I guess you learn from those mistakes. So, look, I'm sitting here quite confident that when you guys walk in there at the start of next year, 
you're going to have your jaw dropped like Dominic was today when he was walking through there. Um, but look, there'll be a few challenges that we have to iron out, um, especially around technology. Um, you know, things are changing so fast. Mm. So hopefully we've got it right. I guess we'll find out next year if we have. And um, I think you'll be suitably impressed when you walk in there. You'll be really, really happy to be teaching in that environment. It's quiet. It's warm. Um, it's nice. So yeah. what are you looking forward to in the new buildings? I'm actually looking forward to um, seeing the reaction of students and staff. Yeah. Like I'm fortunate enough that I can go in there every day and, and check on things and make sure that things are right. Um, I've taken a few key staff through that have had some input into certain buildings. Um, but a highlight for me today was actually, like I said, seeing Dominic's jaw sort of dropped when he walked in and went, wow. And I guess that's the exciting bit for me is when students walk in there and start teaching in there. Um, it's warm. Acoustically, it's outstanding. Um, yeah, and just, just to get in there and start teaching and have all the students back together in a centralised area. Ten years ago, we lost the library. Mm. The library used to be under the old hall. Um, the library's been shifted around the school quite a bit. It's been over in the current music area. Um, we moved it to its current home in the big room. Um, when you go in there and you see the library and the space that's in the library, how functional it is, you see the student commons area that's right next to the library, um, specialist library classroom right next door, and it's the heart of the school. Um, the library's a huge part of our curriculum here at the school, and it's really, really important. And I know that Miss Pearson and her team are looking forward to getting back in there. Yeah. Should be good. Cool. So switching it around a bit, so what did you do before you um, came to CBHS? Yeah, good question. Um, I grew up as a Hawke's Bay lad in Napier. Um, was really um, keen on my sport when I was a youngster mm. and heavily involved in sports, surf life-saving, swimming. Swimming was probably my main sport. Played um, representative rugby right through Hawke's Bay, schoolboy rugby, um, and just really, really enjoyed the outdoors. Went on to university in Otago, studied for Z because like I told you, I had that passion around coaching. Um, and then after that, sort of thought, wow, what am I going to do? And ended up coming to Teachers College here in Christchurch for a year. Met my lovely wife down in Dunedin um, and ended up, we both came to Christchurch. And again, after that, we both went out and got jobs. I started working in, at Cudamore High School in Hawke's Bay and my wife was in Hamilton. So naturally, after a little while, I got sort of, got itchy feet and had to go to Hamilton and, and we started teaching there. I was at Hamilton Boys for a while um, and then after a few years up there, both my wife and I travelled over to the UK and did the, the OE thing that most Kiwis do, which is a bit hard at the moment, um, and then came back to Hamilton Boys, taught there for a number of years, worked in the hostel um, and I've just, as you can probably guess, I went to Nate Boys High School, taught at Hamilton Boys High School, ended up teaching back at Christchurch Boys High School here. I have a real passion for boys' education, and I do think there are advantages of coming to a boys' school um, for the right type of boy, and so I've got a real passion for working with the boys here. So that was a bit of my background. I love the outdoors. I still mountain bike um, you know, reasonably seriously. My boys are starting to pass me by now on the bikes. I've got two young boys. One's here in year 10 and one in year 8 who's coming here next year, um, but still love getting into the outdoors as much as I can and doing mm. that sort of stuff. We ski a lot as a family. Um, I spend a lot of time in the hills hunting. So, yeah, we're just keeping fit, keeping active. So that's a bit of my background. Cool. Uh, previously, you said you got hot feet and you travelled around the country quite a bit. Uh, what made you travel to Christchurch and what made you stay in Christchurch? So my wife and I were teaching in Hamilton. Um, we'd been there for a, a number of years. We were actually 
when we were travelling around the UK, we were in Canada on holiday, and um, both our principals from our previous schools at uh, Fraser High School and Hamilton Boys contacted us and said, um, look, we'd love to have you back. So we were coming back to New Zealand, so our intention was to come to Christchurch and raise a family here, because um, my wife's family's from Christchurch. And uh, so we ended up going back to Hamilton for a while, and then when our first um, boy came along, Jack, we decided, right, it's time to move south, and... It was, I actually met the old um, HRD for Z, Mr Murphy, um, at a conference in Auckland and I'd applied for a job here um, that year and I called up with him at the conference and he said, oh, unfortunately you haven't got the job, you've been beaten by Mr McNaughton who's already working at the school. So um, there was another job come up the next year, so I was fortunate enough to get that one, um, come down here and yeah, haven't looked back since really, it's been good. Christchurch obviously has been doing it tough since the earthquakes. Um, but now we're coming out the other side. It's an exciting place to live. There's lots going on, and the types of things that we do as a family, um, there's lots going on here. There's great skiing, there's great fishing, um, there's great you know, outdoor adventure wherever you go. So we like it here, and it's a, it's a good place for our boys to grow up, um, and I'm very fortunate to be a staff member here, so my sons obviously are coming to the school, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them develop as young men as they go through their journey at Boys High. So do you reckon sort of outdoor um, sort of activity and um, I guess exploration even is quite key to development as a person? Yeah, and where I, well, the way I grew up it was. Yeah. Um, my, my youth was spent at the beach, in the hills, you know, doing stuff outdoors. Um, but equally it's not for everyone. Mm. So I think it's really, really important that you have education outside the classroom within the curriculum. I, I, that's huge for me. Um, and look, most weekends when we can, we're outside doing something. We're either mountain biking in the hills or we're tramping or we're out there fishing or we're doing something. So it's really important to me. Um, but equally, a lot, of, a lot of people don't get that experience. They don't get the opportunity to do that. So as a school, I think it's important we offer that to all, all students at schools, both you know boys and girls. Um, and I think the curriculum's got that right. Um, but on the other side of the coin, there are, there are students that actually, that's not their passion. So if we give them a taster and give them a chance... Um, they can make that decision for themselves. You know, there are mm. lots of clubs out there that they can join in with, but um, I think it's key that we... It's just in our roots, really, as a as a nation. Um, yeah, and in particular, like this building that we're doing this filming in now, um, this is one of the earliest brick buildings in Christchurch with the Dean's family, so right. there's a lot of history in this school. Um, yeah, so it's it's good. So that being said, outdoors... Uh, is very important for a development of a person. Uh, are there any outdoor areas being uh, constructed as we speak now, not just indoor places? Yeah, really, really good question. And, and one of the driving factors for me when I started with this project, um, probably as far back as six years ago now, was around the school, and you guys will know this, around the school it's pretty tough at the moment. There's not a lot yeah. of hard surface, yeah. there's not a lot of areas for students to go. And within our school environment, we've got 1,350 boys but they're not all into running around on the field out there at lunchtime or interval. You need to make those pockets around the school and make the, the areas that the boys feel safe. So that's been a really big driving force for me is to make sure that the outside is as good as the inside and to make sure it's quality. Um, you will see the first part of that project was the old boys' courtyard on the west, uh, sorry, the eastern side of the hall. Um, we modelled that courtyard on the old courtyard in the art centre in town where the school used to be, where the school originated. Um, and the Western Courtyard, which is being done now outside the Cadican Corbel in that area there, that is going to be stunning. 
Uh, really looking forward to that. We've recently developed an area just in by the bike stands where um, students can walk around a path there and be down by the river. Mm. Um, in the master plan, there are lots of different spaces outside, not only for interval lunchtime, but for quality teaching. Um, an example of that is the Tuel Māori Room, which is being built below the Art Annex uh, next year. Um, that's got a wonderful deck that heads out towards the river for um, obviously the teachers in there to, to use that space because obviously um, this area is really significant to Māori in terms of our early early years. Right. So what's yeah. the history of the bike stands that are being Good rebuilt? Good question. The so the bike stands there... Um, when we went through the earthquakes and we lost, obviously there's, there's 1,350 boys at the school and yeah. there's a, a large percentage, probably 600 to 800 boys bike to school. So you've got a large number of boys that actually are, drive, uh, sorry, are biking to and from school every day. Right. Um, one of my big concerns when we had the earthquakes and we had to shift all the bike stands around to different areas um, was that we had these large numbers of boys going out onto the road and there's a potential for injury. So that's always scared me. We've done as much as we can to make that um, as safe as possible um, and as you'll know being a student here at the school we've had from time to time we have some um, miscreants that want to come through and steal bikes yeah. um, which is a real nightmare really because while we've got a really good camera system there are some people out there that just don't care and they just have no morals and no values and um, they'll jump the fence and they'll come in and steal bikes um, which is not nice for the boys when they turn up after school and they, their bike's gone um, and for me for, for a number of years I was the one that you know, it was the first interaction for the boys when they'd found that their bikes had been stolen. So we had to find a space on the school site where we could put the bike stands, um, where it was safe to connect them with the bike lane that the council's built, which is a, a great bike lane. Yeah. Um, so the bike stand's going to be good. Yep, they'll be due for completion in about another week and a half. Sweet. And then they'll be open for you guys to use at the start of next term. So um, really looking forward to that. And touch wood, we have no accidents between now and then. Yeah, so it's been tough for bikes all around the school, but shortly it'll be much better. Right. And obviously there are quite a few buildings that have been uh, torn down in the process of these new buildings uh, coming up, uh, and they didn't hold up so well against the earthquakes. And so what's different about these new buildings uh, that will keep the boys safe um, from earthquakes in the future if that were to happen again? So obviously the engineering now is a lot different. Um, when buildings are built and we've been very fortunate to have some great engineers working with the school to design the buildings. Um, hopefully in some of the footage that you see um, along with this podcast you'll see some of the engineering of the beams inside and particularly the catech block. Um, there are some beams in there, the BRB beams that um, you know some of them are 10 to $20,000 per beam and those are put in there to uh, make sure that when buildings move around in earthquakes that they're a lot stronger. Um, the building that we're in now, um, this building here, you can see all the steel has actually been put in to structurally strengthen the building um, so that in the event of another earthquake, um, the buildings are safe. Mm. So pretty confident that when the students go into these new buildings, they're going to be rock solid and they'll never move. So cool. uh, what's going to happen to our beloved TK blocks uh, in the future? TK block, well, interesting that um, when we obviously had the earthquakes and we realised that the school was going to go through a, um, a rebuild. Yeah. Um, again, I was really lucky. We had a, a great working relationship with the ministry. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of Sunny Sun um, who I uh, figured out very quickly that we needed to get some buildings on site. So Sunny and I went around a number of schools and it was in, in the um, era when schools were closing down. 
So all of the um, buildings that you see on the TK tennis courts have come from other schools around town. Mm. Um, there's some from Ashgrove Primary, there's some from Burwood, um, there's some from Marshlands. So it's a real mixture of different places and we got those there pretty quickly so that we could start our, our building work. Right. Um, what's going to happen to them? I think Mr. Drayton wants to build a batch out of one of them, so <laughs> yeah, maybe that might end up somewhere for him, but uh, they actually will probably be taken off to, to use at other projects for other schools, similar yeah. to what we've done. So right. The old science block down S7 on the tennis courts, um, that used to be ours, or it was ours, and it's been at the school since the 60s, I think it was, wow. so that's probably coming to the end of its days. Right. So do, do you think there's any attachment... Uh, that uh, comes into consideration when deciding what to tear down and what to rebuild? Is it more uh, um, the economic side of things or is it more the attachment side of things for the um, school? It really depends. Um, there's two things there. If the building's fit for purpose, it you know it's it's okay. Um, but if you look at the Caddick and Corbel buildings, they weren't fit for purpose and what it was going to cost to bring those buildings up to the code mm. to be safe, it was going to be more than what it was going to cost to actually rebuild them. So that's the reason right. why those two came down. The main block um, is Category 1 Heritage Building, so that building has to stay as is. We can do a few things to it, but um, to give an example there, the windows um, have to come out, get fixed, and the same windows have to go back in. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, there are certain restrictions around what we can and can't do with that. Um, but looking forward to that project, that's going to be a big one, probably lasting 18, 12 to 18 months, starting at the start of Term 2 next year. Um, and it's an iconic building in the, in the country and also in, yeah. in Canterbury. So yeah, of course. we really want to do that justice and make sure that it's, it's kept well. It's cool. going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we've got one more question for you. Um, in the... Um, in the scenario, you have it's a would you rather question. So there's a scenario, and you can either um, advance sort of environmental protection by a hundred years, or you can advance technology by a hundred years. Which one would you choose, and why? So like instantly, advance either one. So technology or environmental uh, sort of protection, like yeah. the ways we look after the environment. It's a good question. Um, the environment's really important mm. to us as New Zealanders in particular. Uh, in particular, we yeah, we do a lot of things out there as, as Kiwis in the outdoors. And so I think it's really, really key that we look after our environment. But on the other side of that coin, technology can help us with that. Yeah. Um, so if I was to answer your question, I'd probably go for the technology side of things because if we look at the advancement in technology in the last 10 years, it's been huge. Yeah, it's if massive. it was to go on the same sort of curve um, in 100 years, then technology would really help us out in terms of looking after our environment. Because look, it is tough out there at the moment um, with lots of the things that are going on. Um, there's been some good shifts, yeah, but yeah. Uh, pretty scary some of the stuff that's happening out there. We're, we're lucky here in New Zealand um, with what's, what's happening. Mm. Yeah. Cool. What do you think you'd be able to see in 100 years in form of technology? What um, would it look like? Would it be completely alien or? I don't know. Obviously, hopefully there's still a need for lots and lots of uh, people doing jobs because yeah. I think that's key. People getting up and going to work and, and socialising and, and working um, is really important. Um, but that's a hard question to answer. Really. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. this has been our time. Thank you very much for um, having us and thank you for coming. Well, that's thank you for great. having me. It's been a pleasure, boys. And uh, 
I look forward to the finished product. Thank cool. you much. So do we. Take this has been a Blue Black podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and on Spotify as well. And Google Podcasts and Anchor and Apple Podcasts. Our Facebook um, name is Christchurch Boys High School Media Team. Our Instagram name is cbhs.media. Um, any last words, sir? No, nah, thanks, boys. I really appreciate you doing this and um, you're giving up a lot of your own time to actually do this. And I think you do a fantastic job and, and I hope that uh, you get the accolades that you deserve because as a school, we're really fortunate to have what, you know, you guys doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Oh, well, Keep it up. Thank you very Thanks, much. Sir. Right. All right. Stay, stay tuned for the next episode.